So, Michelle. So, David, you remembered you start. Yeah, I remembered this time. Look, we made a promise last episode. We did, and it's a promise that we've kind of had for a very long time. We've made this promise a lot. It's like we're coming good on it. Yeah, it's, it's about time. I think it's time yeah. we actually owned up and did this. We're going to talk about Edward Snowden. Yes. And having had three days in isolation and time to sit in the blanket fort and just wallow. Mate, this is, it's a cracker of a tale. It is a cracker of a tale, and that's why it's going to take two eps it's going, to it's, break it down. It's going to take two. I'm really sorry for all you people who went, no, I'm really sorry. I want it all done in 30 minutes. Nah. We can't do it. And by the way, we're really big in Sweden now. And by really big, you mean two people listen to us? For one. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a message from this guy uh, in Sweden. He yeah. said, please don't reveal my name. He came to us via our Twitter feed at Icebike Podcast. Yep. Yeah, please don't mention my name. I'm looking going, you don't have a name. You just have a Twitter handle. But I will not mention that Twitter handle. But he basically said, I demand that you give me longer Oh. To which I went, no, Michelle will kill me if I lock her no. in the booth for me, with me for more than half an hour. Yeah, it's so, hard enough as it is. I know, it's going to be a bad day for you because we're going to do this in like two episodes in one big year. Yeah, we're just going to knock it out. So let's start. I want to do a digging snow analogy. I don't know. Yeah, look, leave all of that stupid wordplay up to me. So let's shovel our ways through it. Yeah, Got bingo. Listening to I Spied, the downloaded secrets of Australian intelligence. Uh, Michelle, can I can I just get your username and password? Uh, I just need to, uh, it's I, 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 nothing nefarious. I just need to get in and fix your computer for you. Okay, that just sounds. Yep, that sounds like that sounds <laughs> like <it's> something real. <laughs> Why are you laughing like that? No reason. Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. Now, today we're going to be talking about a man who, you know, had a very comfortable life. Extremely comfortable But life. was willing to sacrifice it. And he said he was willing to sacrifice it all because he couldn't in good conscience allow the US government to destroy privacy, internet freedom and basic liberties for people. We're going to talk about Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden. Now, we're going to split this into two apps. And today we're going to be looking at the how and the why because there yeah. is so much to un pack. How about we start with the how? Because this is very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Now, the how, interestingly enough, you go, let's have a quick look at his background and how he wound up where he was to be able to do this. Yes. Right. So, he was actually at a jobs fair for intelligence jobs coming out of university. Yep. And he got recruited into the CIA. CIA. Yeah. He wound yep. up the CIA. This is around 2006. They regarded him as a computer wizard. As one of his workmates said, and this is interesting, this comes back when the congressional hearing looks at what happened. Mm. And we'll talk about that later, but one of his workmates called him a genius among geniuses. Right. He really said that this guy had a knack for working with computers. Now, he was taken by the CIA and put into their secret technical school. Right. He lived in a hotel for six months while learning how to be a computer wizard, and then in 2007, they gave him diplomatic cover and sent him to Geneva in charge of the security network, right, for the US mission to the UN. Yeah. He had diplomatic cover for a technician to get that kind of of cover, that's pretty huge, right? And it was here that led him to kind of seriously have ideas of dissolution. Yeah, first question was, and it was it involves a case that the CIA has denied any knowledge of, yeah. but basically he said he was witness to an operation where the CIA got a Swiss banker drunk, put him in his car and- And forced him to drive. Well, kind of convinced him to drive. Encouraged him to drive. He drove, he got arrested, and then they used that to recruit him to become a source. Now, the CIA denied that entirely. But how probable is something like that happening? Pretty probably so pretty close. When yeah, you yeah. look at the CIA, it's the sort of thing they would do. Yeah. Right. Interestingly enough, he was also put on the presidential NATO summit in 2008. And I think 2008, was that 
Obama by then? Or it wasn't. It was still Bush. Uh, yeah. 2008. Were we going through the presidential election? I think it would have been a presidential election and Obama was president in 2009. Yes, because a lot um, – and we'll tap into Obama as well a little, a yeah. little bit later because a lot yeah. of what he was – Obama was doing – because it's so interesting to me, right? There's yeah. a lot of left-leaning people who think Obama is like the messiah. <laughs> Obama was Obama, a pragmatist. I know, but Obama was – you know, was all, he also did some bad things. He did some seriously bad yep. shit. Yep. Right. Yep. Now, the thing is after – Yes, 2008 was the presidential election. Election, right? So it would if there was a NATO summit, it would have been George W. Bush that was there. Yeah. But after this, in 2009, Snowden quit the CIA. Mm. And got a job with Thinking Dell. that that was going to be so easy. Yeah, and too simple, easy. And like now, a retirement. Guess where he wound up with Dell? Oh, I think didn't he wind up with the- <laughs> He wound up in Tokyo looking after the NSA's yes. network over there. Now, his main job was to teach US officials and military personnel mm. how to prevent their system from being hacked. Right. right. So basically, don't do this. Wait for you. Don't do what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So the irony starts to compound itself here. Yeah. While he was there, he was then posted to Delhi. While in Delhi, he did a couple of courses. One in Java programming, which is, you know, a software thing, mm. and one in ethical hacking. Is that ethical <laughs> hacking? I ethical love hacking. that that's a thing, ethical hacking. Well, ethical hacking is you're not hacking for money. You're hacking- You're like Robin Hood. Yeah, exactly. You steal from the rich to give to the poor. The intelligence rich and give to, to the, the intelligence, intelligence poor. poor. Right. So he did that. Then he returned to Virginia where he then ran the CIA network. Right. This guy basically left because he couldn't stand working with these people only to wind up working, working with, with these people. people. Right. Now, many believe, a lot of people in the intelligence community believe this is when he started downloading intelligence. Because it was quite a bit. Well, to the tune at, the, uh, at that point, they believe he downloaded somewhere between 50,000 to 200 thousand documents. Now, I did a little thought experiment with this. The average length of a document when I worked for ASIO yep. was anywhere between two and three pages, yep. right? Even double printed, it would still be about two or three pages. Right. So, if you do that, a ream of paper holds 500 pieces of paper, right? So, mm. essentially, we're looking at four to 500 reams of paper that he basically got out of the office, right? Four to 500. No, but he would have put it on a hard drive. Now. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I mean, this is the interesting thing. Yep. He was removing electronic data. Yeah. But if you tried to remove it as physical data, you would be trying to carry a pallet of material. But I mean, how good was he that he was getting doing it undetected? Well, we're going to talk about how yes. he did. And that's the really interesting thing. The big thing was he was reassigned to Hawaii. Yeah. Right now, most people go Hawaii. Oh, that's nice. And yes, it would have been really nice. Yeah, and he he said he had a great life there. He was earning two hundred thousand dollars a year. He had a beautiful family. He was yep. living in Hawaii. Had a wonderful home. Huge house, four yeah. bedroom, two bathroom. And so let's continue with the how because I think it's very interesting that we tackled the why separately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now the how basically mm. comes in when he left Dell and joined a company called Booz Allen Hamilton. Yes, Booz, B-O-O-Z, right? Booz Allen Hamilton, yeah. who was, again, another computing consultancy, yep. and he wound up working in the NSO Regional Ops Centre in Hawaii. He right. was in Hawaii when he quit Dell, mm -hmm. and he immediately got this new job at a vast pay cut too. Yep. Right. So there he is. He's working there, and he was tasked with looking with new for new ways to hack the internet and telecommunications of the world. Yep. And then he was there. That's when he started. Now, how he did it. Most intelligence computer systems are what are called thin client systems, mm. or as I like to call it when I work there, a dumb terminal. Yep. What happens is you'll have a computer on your desk. It might be, for me, it was either a Mac 
or an IBM clone, right, a PC, right, it would sit there. It would be plugged into the network, but there would be no, back in the day it was floppy disks, mm. but there were no USB ports. There were no ports on this thing. You oh, could not see plug that, anything in. In my head, like, that's how it happened. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Put it this way. One of my last jobs working as an editor, I needed editing software to be put on my computer. Mm. Now, normally, I just go online. You know, if you're at home, you go online, go to the App Store, find the thing, download it, or buy the disk, shove it in the side, yeah. and download Remember it. Remember a floppy disk? It's oh, so weird. Floppy disks. Yeah, that was the thing that really, really dated the West Wing when yeah. a journalist lost a, a floppy, floppy disk. disk. You're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> my, my kids don't went, what? what? But also, don't forget, the icon for save is a floppy disk. I know, which is so uh, good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always funny too, like when we go to like holiday homes and they have a DVD player and my son is fascinated by DVDs. Yeah. He's he like, can I he's like, can I put the DVD in the DVD player? I'm like, of course you can. He's like, Oh, it so swallows amazed. it. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, my son was really fascinated with our VCR when he put a sandwich in it. Um <laughs> No, uh, and he also put fifty cents in our CD oh. player in the car. Oh, that's the worst! You when you'd get stuck stuff or a CD stuck in the CD player. The worst. No, remember the good old days with analog tapes where you just oh, gently like, unspool yeah. when it got caught in the machine. You did, and then you use a pencil I know. to wind it back. And then in. you'd you just hope that you just wouldn't break it, and like the untangling of it. Don't break it's my bangle. Oh, oh my god, are we're gone. aging ourselves yeah, anyway. Go. So anyway, yes, right. The big thing he had, right? Yes. Now, for me to like, and let's talk about this. If I needed to get, I had to get Word put on my computer. Yes. What happened was they had to wheel another computer up into my office, take the case off, plug that computer into my computer, transfer Word across, oh my God, that's unplug so it, put the case back on. Right. So what I could do is I could access any database I wanted to. Yeah. Depending on my profile, my profile would give me clearance to get to certain intelligence. Right. Right. But to get anything onto my computer or off my computer, I'd have to get someone else to bring another computer to plug it in and do that. Are you telling me he had to move computers to make this happen? No, 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 no. He oh. was by this time he was like he was a system admin, and this is what you need. You need a system, system admin. admin. Yeah. So he could access pretty much anyone's it's anyone's account. What it's called is AirGap. Right. Uh, the say if you look at ASIO, they minimize their access mm. to the internet, the mm. global internet, the World Wide Web. They have an intranet. Right, yep. an extremely sophisticated one. Like the speed of that system was faster than anything I've experienced even now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You could get stuff around really quickly, but it's an intranet. There was no access to the outside world. Mm. Now, there would be definitely portals where you could get through now, but they would be so restricted. It's called air gap. Right. right? You literally have a gap of air between your technology and the rest of the world. What filled that air gap for the NSA was Edward Snowden. Right. Right. So he had the ability to get into computers and lift material. He was also an auditor. He could audit accounts. Right. So he could go in. Because he was system admin. Because he was system admin. <laughs> right. The other thing was, and it goes back to that classic story I talk about how one of the greatest covers mm. you can have to penetrate an organization is the photocopy repairman. Yes, of course. Right. Because he walks around with all this technical equipment. The whole thing with Snowden was he would walk around with thumb drives. He would have thumb drives on him because you'd plug a thumb drive in to download something into someone's okay. computer. And what's a thumb drive? Yeah, a little the little thumb drives. You yeah, you stick it in the side of your computer. The little it's the size of your thumb. It's a USB we just call them USBs, but sure. Well, we call them thumb drives. Okay. Right. We older people. Because <laughs> like, look at that. It's the size of my thumb. I'm so impressed with this technology. Right. So yeah. he had that technology to play with. Yeah. Right? And he had that access. The other thing, and this is the really, really important point. Yep. He was in Hawaii. If he was in Langley, Virginia, 
uh, you know, if he was in Foggy Bottom, if he was in Washington, yeah. he would have been working with guys at that time. They would have seen him walking around so the building. So he was on his own, basically. He was literally on his own. And the whole thing was what they would do, like if he was in Washington, mm. people would not only see him walking around, they'd be monitoring his access in real time. But by the time he was going online and getting into the system, the people back in Washington were already home having dinner. Yes. Right. So there was that time lag. The distance really, really helped him. So essentially what happened was uh, another thing that came out of the congressional hearing was he was supposedly meant to have tricked 20 to 25 of his workmates out of their username and passwords. Uh, he's a system admin. He doesn't need to trick them. I was going to say also I'm pretty sure that would raise at least one red flag mm. by someone. If it's 25 people, I think. But you- not, even if, it, if, even if it is true, it wouldn't raise a red flag because it's like, mate, I need to get in your system to uh, fix that corrupted right, yeah, file. Yeah. Can yes. I have your username oh, and yeah, password? Oh, yeah, give me your username and password. I've just got to sort this out. I mean, how many times yeah. I've handed over my username and password to all of the techs. At I know, my work. I'm in your system right now and I'm stealing Damn all of your it. photos. Damn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shouldn't have told me. Right. So this is the thing. Even if mm. he had done that. Yep. It's completely plausible for him to need it. Yeah. Right. Because he would. He it's would part often, of his remit. It's part of his job. And one of his yeah. jobs was to go in there and someone would say, there's something wrong with my computer. He'd go and go, oh, uh, yeah, look, there's a document that's not being. Mean, meanwhile, he's planted some th- corrupted file to like fuck with the computer. And then he goes in and says, I need to, well, you know, he could have easily have done, done all of that. He could have done that, but he didn't really need to because mm-hmm. he was a system admin and that lets you get into the system when it's you so want true. to. It's so true. And this was one of the things that came out when the Americans suddenly realized. My God, we have thousands of tech consultants running our computer yes. system. Do we really know who these people are? Which, you know, is something we'll tackle next step yeah. because it would be really interesting to look at how, like, the fallout from this in terms of what it means for the intelligence community. Yeah, right. So this is the thing. Okay. He was able to get in very simply. Yep. Because it was his job to get in. It makes sense. Right. Now, I did hear a rumour that he did work into one of those rooms like, you know, J421, that room, that mysterious room that Mm. is the router for everything coming in from the United States through San Francisco. And he literally just plugged a hard drive into it and just soaked up that intelligence. No, he didn't. He was literally in the closed NSA network. Yeah. And he was cherry-picking all the intelligence he wanted to steal. So it makes me wonder if he was actually doing any of his job, (laughs) his actual work, because this seems like a full-time job within itself. Well, when you think about it, it's not that difficult because, you know what, he could walk up and go, Mm. yeah, don't forget, when a guy comes to fix a computer, I don't know if you've ever used geeks to you or your techs at work. Right, so your text at Nova might turn also known as geeks to you. Yeah, geeks to you. <laughs> geeks to you yeah, right. Yep. You know, for me, being a freelancer, I use geeks to you. For right. You, you use an internal technician. Yes. The whole thing is, does that internal technician come in and go, "Yeah, one, two, three, fixed." No, they don't. They go, yeah, hang on, I've got to do this and this has got it. And can you leave your computer for 15 yeah, minutes? Yeah, and they always minutes? ask for my username and password. Yeah, can I have your username and password? Damn it. Ooh, let's download porn and get in trouble. <laughs> right. So that's what would happen with this. He right. would go in there and say, right, go and get a coffee, mate. I've got to go and do a bit of this and a bit of that. And while that terminal's downloading something for him, he's offered another terminal doing. And when someone said, excuse me, I unplugged my computer, can you replug it? He would be the guy going, oh, you idiot. Switch it on and switch, switch it off switch again. Switch it on, switch it yeah. Did a lot of that. He walked yeah. around going, what have you tried switching it off and switching it back on again? You know, if I hear that one more time, I'm going to murder someone. Oh, I had that yesterday. I've had that over the last three days because we lost NBN in our place. And oh, my God. So what a surprise. Yeah. The, the Liberal government yeah. fucked up the what? NBN. You know, well, I also think it was a, an NBN pit outside that was full of water. Or, yes, because you know what they did? What? In order to save money, 
they fucked with what what they were doing and so now it's no longer the proper cables. Yeah. So the cables now get waterlogged because it's fucked, because the Liberal government fucked it. Well, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I'm it sorry, but me. the NBN really annoys me because we were on track to have something really good and now it's really bad. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, and it really, really annoys well, me. Hopefully we can fix it. You know, we'll get, we'll get Edward Snowden in. I know. I right. feel like in this modern day we need better, better internet. Yes, we do. I mean, funnily enough, it was over the last sort of three or four days not having the internet, not mm. having NBN. Well, you know, I've got my, I've got a dongle and I've got yes. 4G and 5G and all that. I know. But it's been so frustrating. I not know to because be able to do it as quickly as you. <laughs> I want. know the systems and the Reddit and like, I mean, the holes that you need to go down. Yeah. it's hard when you've just got a mobile phone. Exactly. But uh, this is the thing when you look at someone yep. like Snowden. Yep. It was a perfect storm. It really was a perfect storm so, of an operation. So then he's he's got all this information yeah. and then he releases it. Now here's the interesting thing. He had been complaining quite profusely, according to himself, to the NSA and the CIA that mm. you, you know, you're doing stuff that is immoral. Yep. Right? I have a crisis of conscience with what you're doing. Now, the drunk Swiss banker was not the real problem. The real problem for Snowden was the fact that the American government were using vast surveillance hoovering sort of systems to look at pretty much anybody's information. Yep. And nothing was under warrant. I mean, there were Pfizer warrants that said if these keywords appear in someone's email, you can look at all their email. The problem with that being that a lot of stuff was being accessed that didn't need to be accessed. Yeah, totally. Now, there is that old adage that if you haven't done anything wrong, there's nothing to worry about. Well, there is a very good they, – they kind of tap into this on – I don't know if you ever watched The Good Wife or The Good Fight. They're mm-hmm. really great TV shows and they tap into a lot of this about yeah. this whole um, how you can just like tap in and once you hear like certain specific words, yep. then that gives you an extra level of more people tapping into yep. you. So It gives it is, you carte blanche to be examined. Yes, and it could be just you just mentioning something in passing. And then it all came to a head and I can give you the very date it's, 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 oh my god please right. give me the very date the 15th of March 2013 yeah right and that was when he quit Dell that's when Snowden quit Dell because he'd watched the director of national intelligence James Clapper mm. testify in front of Congress and according to Snowden he outright lied to Congress about Con- what Congress have basically said do we have any surveillance systems or programs mm-hmm. running that are accessing per- general public public data data yep. to which Clapper went no and well you know Snowden basically went, well, Hang on yeah, actually we do. It's yep. called PRISM and Echelon and all of these different systems that you've got running. You have now lied. I cannot in good conscience work for these guys anymore. And a lot of people say that's why he took the job with Booz Allen Hamilton. He took that and took the pay cut because it meant, right, A, I'm in the right place mm. at the right time and I can access the intelligence I want to get. Yeah, and fundamentally this is about a man who believed that the US government was posing a threat to his political values. Not just the US government, the entire Five Eyes. Australian yeah. files were, were taken right? and we'll get into what he took in the next episode. But essentially his big problem yep. was the US government and its allies were acting in an immoral way. Yes. So what he did, he'd actually complained to a number of people in the NSA yep. and the CIA saying, I do not believe this is – it's not constitutional. Now, the interestingly enough, again, we go back to the mm. Congressional Commission. They basically turned around and said, well, he didn't He didn't use the chain of command correctly. He didn't do it properly. Yeah. And it was like at one point he was talking to his supervisor saying, we can't do this. It's illegal. And the supervisor went, shut up, sit down. There was an email exchange and what Snowden did was he CC'd the supervisors, not the supervisor's direct supervisor, but like a director Mm. three or four levels above. And the supervisor then basically had him hauled across the carpet for 
breaching the chain of command. Right. Basically, I think the supervisor went, you just dropped me in the shit and I'm going to drop you mm. right back. So that was the interesting thing. There was a lot of stuff that started to happen with him where he was trying to complain about it. The Congressional Committee of Intelligence turned around and said, well, he could have come to us. Well, he did through one of the senator's staffers. Yeah. Right. So the interesting thing about it was he was trying to complain, but I think he was trying to do it in a way where he wouldn't jeopardize his position. Yeah. So he wanted to complain, but he didn't want them to turn around and go, this guy's problems, keep an eye on him or get him out. He was like going, oh, guys, this probably isn't good. But while he's doing that, so morally he's going, I am complaining, I'm doing the right thing, but I'm now going to start downloading intelligence. Yep. And that's what he started to do. Then he started trying to contact one, a documentary filmmaker, and the other was a journalist with The Guardian. The Guardian, yes. The Guardian. Yeah, well, and it was interesting too because the documents were released and he could have remained anonymous, but he chose to- He chose to actually expose out, himself. Out himself. He outed himself and he outed himself because he was say- he said, his excuse for that was, I'm a whistleblower. Yes, but he knew that it could be bad for him, especially after having watched the Obama administration prosecute many whistleblowers. Oh, yeah. And they did it at a historically unprecedented rate. Yeah. So he was fully expecting the US government to attempt to use all its weight to punish him. Which meant he basically turned around mm. about three weeks before he released everything. He turned around to the NSA and to Booz ha- Allen Hamilton and went, oh, look, not feeling well. Got yeah. go for a bit of a holiday. Yep. Health reasons. And then immediately flew to Hong Kong. That's where he met with the documentary filmmaker and the journalists. And that's when he started releasing material. Yes. And that's when the excrement hit the oscillating device. And it was interesting because when he was over there, he was saying how he was so worried that people were spying on him. He was like, he was putting towels under the doors. If he was going out, he would have a hoodie on. He would like make sure that none of his frames, like computer frames or telephone frames were, you know, visible from any any height just in case there were cameras around. Like he was literally... He had a blanket fort. Admit it. He had a little blanket fort in his hotel room. He was sitting under a blanket on his bed, doing um, basically lying down with phone right in front of his face. And the biggest concern to him was not the prosecution against him. No. It was more the fact that his family worked for US government. Yeah. So And immediately that's going to cause a problem mm. for his family. The other thing that was really interesting was he took advantage of what is simply an outdated system. See, the NSA, yeah. we all have this image of the NSA being these absolute electronic but you know badass. What? I can say that about any government agency. We all have an image that government agencies run efficiently yeah. and are high tech. Yeah. But there's a lot of areas that could be improved. Oh, yeah. And the NSA, <laughs> the interesting thing about the NSA was they were, and they are, they're really good at getting stuff. They're yeah. just not, they're not good at protecting it. As someone said, they were using 2003 security in a 2013 environment. It's like they were so behind but, the time. But I, I would say that it's like any other company that doesn't really update their systems until they have a breach. Exactly. Like even my company, I know other companies that have had breaches. Now I need to like sign off my newborn just to like get into my fucking Outlook. It's like, <laughs> uh, it's so terrible. Uh, but you, yeah, that's also, uh, isn't that because your company was a victim of the Chinese hack? Yeah. Right. So as soon as that happens, as soon as you compromise. Now it makes it really difficult and I have to change my password all the time and then I'm like, blah, blah, blah. It's like. Oh, I'm, look, I've got a, I've got. I, I can't. Keep- I can't use my phone. I've got to use an app. I've got to like. It's really, really, really annoying. Excuse me. You're making it really hard for Michelle. Can, can we just stop with the hacking people? Excuse me, China. It's inconveniencing me. Stop it. You're making it hard for Michelle to do a job. <laughs> right. Yes. For me, I'm just sick of getting 
your McAfee and Norton security system is, has unsubscribed. It's like, oh, crap, someone's got my freaking email address. Oh, and it's very interesting too. Like if you have an, an iPhone, yep. they have that whole area where it says, here's the sites that where your password's compromised. And it's like fucking all the – so all many sites. And I'm like, god damn it. I don't, don't even use half of these sites. Now, getting back to, to Snowden, yes. there he is. He's in Hong Kong. The Americans mm. have uh, have rumbled it. The information's out in the in the open. Everyone's gone shock, kettle surprise. Oh, my God. Yep. OMG. Ooh, lol. Uh, ruffle. <laughs> <laughs> no one's roll- rolling on the floor laughing at I this. reckon Vladimir Putin would have yeah, been. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Putin. Except yeah, for Putin. Putin and Xi. They would have been like, this is hilarious. Yeah. Right. So he's in Hong Kong. America, immediately we revoke your passport. Boom. Yeah. Right. Kill your passport. Fuck. Funnily enough, he managed to fly out of Hong Kong. Uh, wow. Now his plan, well, basically the Chinese government went, let him through. <laughs> They basically went, yeah, let him out. Now, he got to Moscow. He flew Mm. to Moscow. His plan was to fly Hong Kong to Moscow, Moscow to Havana, Havana to Ecuador, where he'd been granted asylum. Yeah. Good old Ecuadorians. Look, we've got a – they said, we've got an embassy. No, no, no. I I really don't want to live in a toilet for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right? I've seen what happened to Julian. I'd rather not go that way. So, he flew into Moscow. That's when he was stopped. The Moscow stopped him at the airport. Yep. The Moscow. The Moscow's. The Moscow's. The Russians. The <laughs> Russians stopped him at the airport. Yeah. And interestingly enough, the foreign minister for Russia got up and said, we cannot in good conscience let this man do such terrible things to our good friend and partner, America. Meantime, can you give me the passwords? Meanwhile, <laughs> can I need your password and username yeah, to yeah, fix yeah. problem? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? So what happened was he was stuck there. And then when he said, look – I yeah, I'm going to Havana. Do you mind? The Russians, no, sorry. Oh, Havana say they don't want you and they'll, they'll not let you in country. To which <laughs> later on, Fidel Castro went, no, we'd actually like to give that man a cigar and yeah. welcome him in. Yeah. So, I'm pretty sure all these countries liked him. Yeah, right. So essentially, no one was really sure why he couldn't get out mm. of Moscow. And then, interestingly enough, the Ecuadorian president had a trip to Europe. He was flying to Moscow for a meeting with Vladimir Putin and he was stopped in Austria. So what is it with Ecuador and all these whistleblowers? Well- I mean, you've got Julian Assange. Yeah, I mean- well, you know what? Basically, they have no extradition treaty with America. Yeah. Right. So essentially, if you can get to Ecuador, the Americans can't touch you, which actually is not exactly true because American intelligence has a lot of assets, has a lot, it's doing a lot of work in Latin America, and they could probably get you. Right. So, how did, where did Snowden end up? Snowden is still in Moscow. Right. So basically, oh, yeah, he he has not, he was given asylum. He was eventually given asylum. Like the Ecuadorian president was stopped going to Moscow. He was forced to land in Austria, in Mm. Vienna. They searched his plane just in case he had Snowden on board, which is like, hang on, he hasn't been to Moscow yet. So, can Snowden? Leave because he essentially probably doesn't have a passport, or he probably does now if he's been given asylum. No, doesn't he, have a passport. No, he, no, there's no way he's going to be. He'll be getting out of Russia anytime soon. I can't imagine that because simply put, I wherever- feel like being forced to live in Russia is well- what the nicest. But so, where? What about his family? Yeah. What about his family? See, that's an interesting point. He's sacrificed a lot. Yeah. Right. Because I don't think his freedom. family would be there. I don't know. Interestingly enough, he's done he does a lot of Zoom speeches. Mm. Like he'll appear at your conference via Zoom. So he does a lot of that. Probably got a really good MBN over there. I yeah. reckon he's got a really good connection. I'm pro- I'm pretty sure Russia knows how to use the internet. <laughs> yeah. And right. do it well. Yeah. Well, at least the rich parts of it. Yeah. So the whole thing is he's living over there. He's written a book. Of course, he's been told that he'll never see the profits for that book. Book, but 
And he was given a $4.5 million advance for his book. Shit. So, you know, okay. the guy's not going to be living a terrible life. Yeah. But the thing is, as you said, what about his family? What about – he's a traitor, right? Essentially, yeah. the Americans regard him as a traitor. He's sought asylum in what is now pretty much their enemy. Yeah. Right? Russia is an adversary. Well, not yeah, a, definitely now. They definitely are now, right? Interestingly enough, I think it was the Russian deputy president or deputy prime, or the prime minister, one of them, in the Duma actually got up and said, yeah, look, we've actually been accessing his intelligence. Yeah. Now, he's basically said, Snowden has said, I've only released certain bits and pieces of what I've taken. I haven't released all of it. I'm not letting people see all the different things that I'm doing. Because he's not like Manning. Manning kind of just like released everything. It is, oh, well, Manning just went, here's a link. Yeah, um, basically. <laughs> click for the link to yeah, download. Yeah, yeah. So the whole thing for Snowden is, and we'll get into this in the next episode, what he took Mm. what he's done with it and what the outcome of that is. Okay, well, let's stop there. Yeah, all right. Because I feel like that is a great place to stop because those are the questions that I want answered. Yeah, oh, okay, and I know them. Do you? Uh, probably not. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, a little bit, a bit, a bit, a bit. I know a bit. And we have Snowden on Zoom right now. No, um, imagine. Eddie! <laughs> okay, well, let's pause there and then next step we'll tackle all of those unanswered questions that I have. Sounds like a plan. Okay, is it a plan? It's a plan. It's a plan. Do it. Done. 